Okay. All right, so let's open up in prayer and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for today. We thank you for um, having another day in you. And Father, we thank you for this Justice Weekend. Father, we thank you because, Lord, we are people of justice. We are people. We are your people. We are people of relationship. And so, Father, we thank you for these people. We thank you for this time. We just ask that your spirit would be with us now, Lord, as we continue to look at the components of a safe relationship. And Father, you are the author of relationship. You are the author of safe relationship. So, Father, we just pray that you will pour into us through your spirit all that we need, Father, to be the complete people that you have created us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's start off with um, intimate encounters. So Ron and Jean are not here this weekend, and they are going to be starting a intimate encounters group the third of february and it looks like it starts the third of february so if any of you know of anybody who wants to join an intimate encounters group which is for couples uh you can give you can uh, contact ron or gene and we have a few pieces of paper that gene gave us that you can uh, see us when after class in case you guys are interested so I have some good news and I have some bad news first the bad news so we recorded the first of the session last week and I told you guys would be on our podcast the thing that we didn't realize is this recorder uh, records in two different files one is wave and one is mp3 well it has been on wave um since it started so our podcast um website can only do mp3 so we recorded in wave last week which means we can't upload the podcast but if any of you are interested um in it I will give you my email address you can email me and I will send you the wave file for the teaching for last week. Um, if you have Windows Media Player, Windows Media Player will play uh, a WAVE format. I tested it yesterday. So from this point out, um, I did switch the recorder to MP3. So you'll be able to um, listen to any sessions that you miss on the podcast website. Okay. So. I'll give you yeah I'll give you my email address and you can just email me and then I'll send you the wave file for the teaching for last week. Did you mention our intimate group? No, I didn't. Okay. So, uh, Leona and I are starting a new intimate encounter group for couples. Uh, we just wrapped up one last year, and this one will will have an orientation on the sixteenth of February. So that class normally fills up very, that group fills up very quickly. We have space for seven couples. We already have. We have three. Three right now. And so since the groups are open this month, 
we um, it's going to fill quickly. So if you're interested, you can either fill uh, sign up at the kiosk or sign up at the kiosk. <laughs> sign, sign up at the, the kiosk or sign up online. Right. Um, and um, small groups. And so we'll be we'll be going through that orientation, and then um, I will mention that I have a. It would be on Fridays at seven o'clock, and it would be in conference room two um, in the church, and we meet twice a month. So we meet every uh, we meet every two weeks, and then uh, finally I have a men's group that I run every week on Wednesdays called Men of Ephesians five three. Um, a couple of you men are in it. And we're going to be doing a series called the Conquer Series, and it deals with uh, men and sexual purity. So if anybody is interested, you can also sign up at the kiosk um, upstairs, but that will also fill quickly. We've got, uh, I think I've got maybe like three, three spots left. So just putting that out there. If you or somebody you know, uh, you can have them sign up, and they don't have to go to this church. Okay. Um, they can they can sign up. Okay. So let's get started. So first thing is we handed out this last week safe safe relationship tree rings, um, and I asked people to bring those. If you were not here or you didn't bring it, uh, please let my lovely wife know, and she will make sure that you have that. So what she's handing out are components of a safe relationship. As we go through this series, and Leona and I are sort of wrestling with it because literally, if we wanted to, we could probably go six months, seven months, just dealing with all the aspects of safe relationship. So we are just hitting the surfaces here. But one of the things we're going to do is we're going to give you resources because obviously, when you're talking about this, you're talking about um, going on a journey, you're talking about going on a journey of discovery about God discovery about you. Uh, and so that's not something that's going to just happen in this group and it's not going to just happen in a couple of months, right? It, it is your commitment to um, becoming who God has already created you to be, all right? So with that, I want to just go back and just quickly hit some of the components we did last week, and then we'll finish up um, today with the couple of components that we did not hit last week, because last week we did not finish. So the first component you see there is knowledge. And knowledge is, um, the definition of knowledge is acquaintance with facts, truth, principle, um, acquaintance or familiarity gained by sight, experience, report, something that is or may be known body of truths or facts accumulated over time. So one of the things that I wanted to expound on a little bit 
from that is, um, and we talked to Gene, and Gene was like, well, people had a lot of questions, and there was a lot of, and that's good, right? This idea of knowledge, okay? The idea of knowledge, whenever we enter into a relationship with somebody, there's basic knowledge that as we get into a relationship, we learn about that person, right? Maybe where they grew up, their likes, their dislikes, hobbies, those things. But when we're talking about safety and relationships and being able to gauge whether the person that I am building this relationship up, if this person is... trustworthy, which is the next component, okay? The knowledge that I need to gain is knowledge of character, okay? Because, see, I can gain knowledge about you. I can find out where you grew up, and I can find out where you went to school, and find out a bunch of different facts about you, okay? But that, those facts while they can help, they don't really tell me who you are from a character standpoint. So it's interesting that we are in Justice Weekend because one of the things that Martin Luther King said was he was waiting for a day when a man would not be judged by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. Okay. And so when we are entering into relationships and when we are looking for knowledge, that knowledge has to be based on the character of this person, right? Because if I'm going to trust you, I have to have some idea of what your character is. I have to have an idea of who you are. So when I talk about knowledge, okay, the main thing I'm talking about is character. That's why it's so important that when we begin to, or when we are people of God, and we are people that are amongst the world, we have to be people of character. Let me ask a question. Um, This is... I'm asking the question now, but I should have asked it before Joseph started teaching. Um, how many of you have relationships with, you know, what you would call really strong Christians, really godly people, or even people in pastoral leadership outside of Calvary Temple? Several of you. Okay. So would those of you who raise your hands... Uh, if I were to ask you, are all those people safe? What would your response be? No. What do you mean by safe? I don't want to define it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got into it a little bit last week, but um, I don't want to define it. So you're you're saying no. So in essence, you 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 know about these people. Um, you know you don't just know these people. You know their character, right? And, and you also know how um, 
what the degree of relativity exists in terms of them and their spiritual maturity, right? And how many of us would say that if a person is already a pastor, they're spiritually mature? No. Okay, well, good. Wow, yes. Yes, we're doing something in That's class. good and bad. Yeah, well, right, right. but the thing is, that it's, it's honest. It's honest and it's real, and you're not making the the conclusion right away that because somebody is a pastor, it means that they've, everything is all healed up. That's, that's the point, right? Everything isn't necessarily all healed up and every time they respond or react to something, they don't always do it from the spirit. That's what, that's what I'm hearing when you say, right? I'm not, it doesn't make the person bad. It doesn't make the person horrible. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be a pastor. But the, the point is that you know people, right? They may have a degree of spiritual maturity that we in the world recognize as maybe being a pastor or a deacon or whatever, and I'm just using our terms here. But at the same time, you recognize that they may not be safe. And that's important. Yes? I wanted to say that I recognize that they may not be safe only because looking at myself, I may not have been safe. Very good. And I have created such a relationship with this person, showing them my character, which I believe characters can change over time, mm -hmm. that they have developed a way of interacting with me. So before I can judge them, I really need to look at me. And I guess then at that point, as I begin to change and grow, and then how that relationship begins to filter out, then I will know whether or not they're safe or not. But this whole concept right now is so new. No problem. That I am looking at me. I love it. And yeah. because you hit the second point I wanted to make and bring out, which is that, ergo, are we safe? Are we safe? And it's really why we started last week when we talked about, when we started talking about safety, we have to go back to the authors of relationship, right? We have to have a model of what safety looks like. Because it can't, safety cannot depend on what I feel is safe or not, right? Because I, I have no, I have no basis, I have no judgment to be able to look at that and say, you know what? Yeah, I am safe, or I'm not. Lab. That was my Lab. question. Safe from what? <laughs> you didn't answer that. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> So, well, here's the thing, though. Let's not equate safety with perfection, right? Because the reality is none of us are perfectly safe, right? None of us reach that level. But the question always is, is do I know enough of your character, of your basic character traits? Do I know enough of that to be able to trust you? You see what I'm saying? But there is no, in, in this area, there is no absolutes. There's no 100%, right? Because we live in a fallen world. So I'm not safe 100% of the time. Now, I may have some places where I'm safer than others. 
I may have some, I may be in times in a place that I'm safer in other times that I'm not, okay? But so when we're looking at this, we're, you are making a decision, right? In terms of, is this person safe enough for me to trust? And that might be different for different people. You see what I'm saying? Because you may have a high degree of somebody has that integrity for you as a character trait is extremely high. It should be extremely high for all of us. But again, this is where grace comes into, right? I can't, high, I can't have such a high value on integrity that if somebody that I know is integrous makes a decision that is not, does not have integrity, that all of a sudden I go, oh, I'm not, I don't want anything else to do with you. Because my view of integrity was so high that when this person fell, right, there was no grace. There was no understanding that we're all human, right? We all, we all fall. So, yeah, let's not equate that with our, with our perfection, because it's not. No, don't okay. be sorry. Oh, It's right. more complex it's than just complex. giving a statement because I could rattle off a statement, but as you see, there are there are degrees based on these tree rings. These tree rings represent the foundational point in getting to a place of, of acknowledging safety is knowledge. What do I know about this person? It starts with facts, but then it goes into their character. And then after that, there's trust. And then after that, there's faith. And it continues to build on itself. There's probably way more rings than we had space to yeah, draw is, rings. Yeah, this is just major, it's, but there's a lot more. Component. There's a lot more components to it. So it's not so much just um, based on what that person shows you. It's, it's based on a lot of different things. And at the same time, we need to leave people room to express their own emotion. So safety, even in, in God, involves his ability to be able to express his own emotion. And he's not always happy with decisions that were made or things that happen in, in, in the word. He, he, he wasn't, but he was never out of character. And that's something that we're gonna grow to learn. Lyle? So I'm kind of hearing here that their spirituality may not always line up with their character. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very yes. True. Very true. Because we can quote Bible all day long. I can or know. teach you principles yeah. all day long, but the principles are out here. They haven't affected Leona. They haven't. I could tell you all day long, Lau, what you need to be doing is X, Y, and Z. And I've not done it not one day in my life. Or I'm terrified of what it actually means. I recognize it, but I'm so terrified of taking that step that I have become frozen in my relationship with him, but I can tell you all about it. <laughs> and, and another example of that, we know people that can quote you whole books of the Bible, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that same man um, verbally abuses his wife, right? So spirituality and mm -hmm. character don't necessarily go hand in hand. But here's the thing about knowledge and relationship over time. People are very good at presenting a mask of who they are, okay? They're very good at that, and especially people that are very versed in manipulation, okay? Are very versed in being able to read you and read what you're looking for and then give to you what they think you want, all right? So we'll talk about this more as we get into being safe people and protecting yourself from, safe, from people that are unsafe. But the whole point of that is that over time, a person's character will come to the surface, okay? Because there's only so much hiding you can do. There's only so much manipulation you can do. There's, so, there's only so much pretending that you can do. All right. At some point, your true motives, your true character will rise to the surface. So in any relationship, especially if it's a new relationship, right? As you see here with the rings, there you may know something about a person or you may perceive that this person might have a certain character trait. All right. It would not be wise of you to just jump all in, okay, because you perceive this person has a certain character trait. <clears throat> but that person's true character trait will be revealed to you over time when you see them in different situations, when you see them under stress, when you see them in different areas, you will begin to get an idea. And then that goes back to now you making the decision. Has this person shown me enough, right, that I can get deeper into this relationship? Because here's the reality. We all have many relationships, right, that are not safe. And we have different levels of relationship, right? So I can be in relationship with somebody that is kind of superficial, you know, kind of if it's a work environment or whatever, but that person has shown me enough to a certain extent that I'm not quite sure their character trait. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to walk cautiously. <coughs> Kathy had her hand up early. Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, I'm a really black and white thinker. And I understand. So I've been working hard to not just all the way or forget it, you know? Uh -huh. um, 
there are some people in my life that are very safe, that I know I could say anything to them, and they love me enough that they would be honest with me and they wouldn't judge me. But then there are other people that, um, like one of them is, my, is one of my sisters that I have to, I mean, really, to tell you the truth, if she wasn't my sister, I would have ended the relationship years ago because she's actually toxic for me. But, and she's a believer. Mm-hmm. But she's my sister. Mm-hmm. But I, so I have had to change the relationship mm-hmm. and, and pull back mm-hmm. where I can do any only certain things with her that are safe and other things I can't go there because she's just proven over the years that she's not changing in those areas. So, you know, there's different levels. And then some people, if they aren't relatives, some people, if they're just toxic for you, just can't yeah. There's yeah. some people that you cannot be in a relationship with. <laughs> you can you know, and that's that's them. that's yeah, you can forgive them, you can love them, you can pray for them, you can go on your knees for them. I'm not saying that. But you can't be in a relationship with them. So here is one thing, if you don't have this that we would really like you to have or begin to pursue, all of us should have one safe person of the same sex in our lives. And when I mean safe, this is my definition of safe. That you can go to that person on your worst day in your worst sin and you can tell that person and that person will love you they will stand by you they'll tell you some hard stuff if they need to but you know that they have your absolute best okay because God is that person number one but he also wants you to have that human connection, that human being. So if you have more than one, praise the Lord. But you should have one. Okay. So what Leona is passing out right now, and then we'll move on, is a list of character traits. Now, unfortunately, in the world today, character is not something that we talk about. Um we don't think about, we don't, and it's very unfortunate. But on this list, there's a list of 174 character traits. Not, and so you know that there are good character traits and there are bad character traits. So both good and bad character traits are listed on this paper. So what I would like you to do in your own time is I would like you to go over those character traits and see which one of those see which ones of those you recognize in yourself and maybe see which ones both good and bad and then what you may want to do is if you have a good friend ask them what character traits do you see in me? Now, that might be difficult because what we deal with here, not a lot of people deal with. So when you say, you know, what are my character traits, you may have to make a copy and hand that to them. <laughs> and then go to that meeting like this. Right. Not be so quick to, you see, 
frustration in me? Yeah. Because here's the other thing. You may have some character traits that you are not aware of. Exactly. Right. Most likely you do. I have a really good friend right now who, um, she's not a good friend right now. She's been a good friend for a long time. Who would, who would say that I'm probably quite cautious as a character trait. And I think the first time I would have heard that, I would have been questioning. I'm not really cautious when I think about myself. But when it comes to relationship, I am. I'm very cautious. And it's not something that is, um, it's not something that, that, that she receives well. Because when you're friends with somebody for 30 years, you don't necessarily want them to be cautious with you. But when a person who's known you that long says something like that to you, to me, it's like, okay, I need to dial in and, 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 and I have the Lord show me because I don't have enough wherewithal to be able to say, I would have said it of myself earlier if I knew it, right? But I don't have enough wherewithal of myself in that area. So I have to go to him. I have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, is this true? Because I don't receive everything anyone says about me, even if I have known them 55 years and I'm only 54. <laughs> I don't have to receive it, mm-hmm. but I do need to offer it to the Lord and say, Lord, check me out here because I don't have enough, um, what's the word, distance from myself. I don't have enough perspective properly to be able to look at this and say that this is true of me. Mm-hmm. David, do you have anything what comes to mind listening to all this is the idea of boundaries. And something that hit me in uh, what you were talking about, Leona, with your friend, was that a lot of times, at least for me, I had this perception that if I had these boundaries or these this framework for the relationship uh, to, or a level where, okay, I'm safe to hear, but I'm not really willing to go there because you've hurt me before or whatever. Um, that we have to tell those people where those boundaries are. Yes. We don't. We don't. You're right. Um, I shared before that I've had yeah. a really hard relationship with my dad. And there was a period of time where I just had to put boundaries on the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if he went to a certain area or too deep, then I just didn't go there. I didn't really respond. But I didn't run right out and say, okay, Dad, well, you know, this is all the things I can talk to you about, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just for me. Right. Yeah. And I knew where I could go. Right. Now some things are changing and things are things are continuing to grow. So I'm taking some of those boundaries down or moving them as he demonstrates different things. But um, I wanted to make sure that we don't have to run around and tell everybody, well, you know, you're only safe to hear. That's right. For our own protection. Right. It may come up in a discussion about 
why we don't go any deeper, mm -hmm. but you don't run around with it on a billboard. No, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is um, very good. That is part of not only revelation knowledge from the Lord in terms of knowing that what you're getting in the in relational care class, right? Nobody's getting out there. Nobody. So you number one, you can't expect right for people, oh why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you this way? Why they don't know. They haven't been exposed to it. It's like you're, you're speaking Greek to them. They don't understand it. Because if somebody has not exposed you to that, if you haven't begun that journey of relationship and, and searching yourself, David's right. You can't go out there and say, well, you know what, Dad? I love you, but you're not safe in these areas. <laughs> right? You know what response you're going to get. What do you mean I'm not saying, well, who are you? Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a concept of what David is talking about. Right? So when you begin to go out, when you begin to be, to get a level of safety, and you begin to go out in the world and begin to model safety, okay, the idea is that you are modeling that so that you get an opportunity Right to speak into somebody's life. If somebody says, you know, why are you this way, or you know, you have you have this thing about you. What is that? Right, because that's our mission. That's 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 why we want to be safe people, so that we can impart to the world something that is foreign to them. And that exact thing has happened now with my dad. It was Amen. Been 15 years of that that journey, but now he's coming to me and saying, "You handle this with your wife so differently uh -huh. than I do. Why? <laughs> well, That's right. Because I've done yeah, these things. Or and it has led us to other conversations. Um, yeah. So That's yeah. good. There's Perfect. a proverb that says, "When the student is ready, the teacher will appear." That's what that sounds like. <laughs> okay. Ted, and then yeah. Well, just related to what Dave mentioned, I think that, that uh, it works very well when it's an outside uh, family member that way, but once it's your spouse, are you able to put out those different boundaries that way and then also, you know, filter it and keep it in? That's when things accumulate with inside and it creates an issue at that point, too. So I think, you know, having it an outside member, family member, or a spouse has to be handled differently, too, because if you keep it in with your spouse, then that's when things start building up rather than, you know, because you can't wait 10, 15 years like you did with his own. It's it depends. It's different, yeah. It's harder. Yeah. But there are certain. Go ahead. Go ahead. With your spouse sometimes that do take 10, 15 years. Exactly. That's right. Or longer. A person just like us, for myself, maybe messed up in different areas, 
um, and harder to deal with because they're right there with you. Yep. Uh, yeah, I know that. But, um, <laughs> but we're all broken. We're all yeah, broken. We're all broken. But, but, yeah. So I just want to, I agree with you. At the same time, sometimes that stuff does take that yep. long, even with your spouse. Yep. And, and here's, here's the other thing that I think we need to, especially when it's a, uh, a spouse, okay? Again, we have to go back and begin to look at ourselves as example, okay? You may be married to somebody who's deeply broken in an area. Deeply broken. And what that person needs to see is they need to see grace and love and compassion modeled. And consistency. And consistency. Now, if you go and go, hey, well, you know, um, yeah, we're going to deal with this right now because this is what I see, blah, blah, blah. Right? Is that grace being modeled? Is that compassion being modeled? Is that an empathy for your spouse who you may have been, you may be married to a woman that got molested and she has some intimacy issues in bed. But now you want to jump out, no, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because we got to get this taken care of right now. Because the wife says, uh, the, the Bible says you're supposed to submit. You're not supposed to deny your body. We, see, the, issue, the issue is, at the end of the day, is it more about us trying to get out what we need to get out? Or is it about our own sacrifice and our love and our compassion and our commitment, knowing that that's what Christ did for us and what Christ is asking us to do? Because I can tell you, I know many men that they got a really jacked up marriage and it's not their fault because they were married to a wife that was abused and torn up and now they're the ones having to deal with it they didn't abuse her but she's got some issues now that she has to deal with how is that man going to deal with that now you can keep pointing your finger all day long and tell him you need straight up and this isn't right and blah 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 but let me tell you something christ is weeping Christ is weeping. And if that doesn't cause you to weep, and if that doesn't cause you to want to hold her and have compassion for her, then you need to go before the Lord and have your heart checked. And I'm so and I'm you see that I'm passionate about it because I've been doing this work for a long time. And too many men want to demand their rights on this and that when they don't know their wives enough to know what is really going on with her, what's going on in her heart. And then being the compassionate, the hands and feet of Christ, instead of demanding what we think are our rights as husbands. I would say this too, that Christ actually weeps for both in that type of a relationship. Because what he wants is he wants that that degree of intimacy that is genuine and honest, healed and whole. He doesn't want one taking from the other. He doesn't want one just acquiescing. He, he doesn't want that. He wants because where two or more are gathered, there am I in the midst. 
whether or not we believe it, he's right there in the marriage bed. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we want to think about it, he's right there. And he wants to be. Because that's an expression of something in him that he gave that is available. Now, he also knows, having been human himself, that we have to go through this thing called journey. And there are some things that he heals like that, and there are other things that are progressive. Mm -hmm. Not every healing we get from the Lord is instant. And not every healing we get from the Lord is progressive. We just have to be open and willing to work his process. I was going to say something that Joe said earlier about having that person in your life to basically hold you accountable and to point out some of these character traits. Mm -hmm. And what I think is important is, as, as Christians, is that it was told to me that we should have at least two or three people in our lives, one person to hold you accountable, one person to pour into you, and you should be pouring into someone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the person holding you accountable and pouring into you can be the same person. Mm -hmm. And whoever we choose that person is, it's important that they be spirit-led. Mm -hmm. And what I love about my accountability partner is, is that she is spirit-led. And mm -hmm. I can come to her and share some things. And sometimes she won't have an opinion because she says that, you know, right now the Lord is not leading me to share anything with you. Because it's easy to mm -hmm. say, well, I think you should do this mm -hmm. because if you're struggling in your marriage, you, and nothing against people who've been divorced, but I have a friend who's divorced. And, Everything she was saying, you didn't go get divorced. You need to go, you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. was just her reaction because based on what she had experienced at that time. Mm -hmm. And the only other thing is I want to put a plug out for Stephen's ministry. If you need someone to walk alongside, you can get find us out. Awesome. Awesome. And I just I just wanted to say about the, the marriage relationship. Um, basically, you know, what's helped Paul and I is to focus on learning to be safe for each other mm -hmm. instead of me telling him I need this and I need that you know just trying to learn how to make sure that I'm safe for him so he can express to me freely you know maybe something that's bothering him I'm not saying it's easy and sometimes we have to have talks where we actually say okay you know, like, like, just put it out there. We need to have a conversation. I'm going to try to be safe for you, and I need you to be safe for me. I mean, you know, or or just say I'm, I have some things that might be hard to hear. Mm -hmm. We do that because then I know, like, say, if he says that to me, I know, okay, I need to not get defensive and listen to what he says mm -hmm. and, and hear his heart mm -hmm. yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just a lot about focusing more on, you know, being the safe person for them, and if they're focusing on being the safe person for you, that's mm -hmm. And again, <coughs> what you're doing is you're modeling Jesus, right? I'm just thinking what you were saying about principles before <coughs> A lot of times I have to find, check myself there, you know, something, there's a symptom coming out of my spouse because of, of her. I have to make sure I don't take it Exactly. And that's hard. It is. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard not to take it personally. Right? It, it, it very much is. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on because uh, I want to make sure I cover all these. Um, so truth, 
definition, reliance on the integrity, strength, I'm sorry, trust. Int uh, reliance on integrity, strength, ability, etc. A person or a thing, comma, confidence. So these now build one upon another. Next is faith. Definition, confidence or trust in a person or thing. Belief that is not based in, on proof. The obligation of loyalty or fidelity to a person, promise, engagement, etc. Christian, Christian theology, as defined by uh, dictionary.com. Trust in God and his promises is made through Christ and the scriptures by which human beings are justified or saved. Openness without, without a covering, especially a protective covering, unprotective, unenclosed, exposed, acting publicly or without concealment as a person, unreserved, candid, <laughs> frank, as persons or their speech, aspects, etc. Okay. So in building safety, as we become more safe, we now get into a couple of areas that become really scary. Right? Because I have some knowledge of your character and now I feel like I can trust you and I have faith and confidence that I can trust you. Now, is our relationship at a place that we that I can be open? Because this goes back to what we're talking about. If there's something going on inside of me that's very difficult that I want to express, how are you going to react to that? Can I, is, is our relationship at a point where I can be open and you're not going to reject me? You're going to tell me, well, that's stupid for you feeling that way. Or I don't know why you should feel that way. Why don't you just do A, B, and C? What's wrong with you? Or what's wrong with you? Why are you tripping? And I'm about to get. I'm, I'm going to get to. I'm going to get to. I'm going to get to some scriptures because the answer to this, Jesus gives us answers to this, is very powerful. But I'm going to go into vulnerability, and then I'm going to share those scriptures because openness and vulnerability are tied very closely together. Vulnerability, capable or susceptible to being wounded or hurt as a weapon, open to moral attack, criticism, temptation. See, because when I become open, I open my, I'm now being vulnerable and I open myself up to being hurt. This place is extremely critical because how many of us have been in relationships where we thought that that relationship, we built, we, we thought the character of the person was allowing me to be able to trust them and have faith in them. And then I went to that person and I opened up and I became vulnerable and that person <clears throat> hit me right there. 
So this is what happens when that happens. Right? Openness closes. Faith evaporates. Trust is gone. Right? But not only there. Now it starts spreading out to other relationships. Right? Because I remember the time that I was open and vulnerable with a person that I really thought I trusted and I thought that I really knew and that person damaged me extremely. I can't trust. This is why, let me finish. This is why, okay? Again, that idea of grace and faith and compassion comes along because you may now come into that relationship after that person just got damaged. <clears throat> and you start saying stuff like, I'm doing everything I can for you to trust me. How come you don't trust me? I'm doing everything to show you that I'm a person that is that can be trustworthy and you can be open with. How come you're not open? The other thing that can affect uh, vulnerability is when we uncover in ourselves that we are unsafe. And then what happens is we think about that person that we're close to, either spouse or friend or whatever, and we all of a sudden can no longer expose ourselves because we know that we used to think alike that person in that area, but we fell. We know we fell, but they don't know we fell. So then we begin to close our hearts. And I'll tell you the perfect example, Genesis 3, 8. Actually, I'll start with nine, and then I'll go back to eight. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? God wasn't the one that closed the door to relationship or that did something that offended Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve that themselves made a choice outside of God. They fell, but then they didn't want to expose themselves because eight says they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from his presence. Shame comes in because of we haven't dealt with the guilt of what we've done and we start to close ourselves off. Okay, the scripture I want to share with you, I've got a couple. Um, but this is uh, Matthew. I'm, so, I'm sorry, John 11. And um, I could read a lot, but I want to so this is a story of Lazarus okay and I want you to notice Jesus here so I'm going to pick up actually um, at 33 this is just after Mary came and said you know Lord if you had been here our brother would not have died. So picking up in 20, at 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, 
and the Jews who had come along uh, with her also, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And then it says, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. What's so interesting about this is that Jesus knew long before he got there that Lazarus was going to die. Matter of fact, it said that he purposely stayed back. Right? And so when he gets there, Mary's like, if you were here, you wouldn't have died. What I want you to notice is Jesus was moved with compassion when he wept. (coughs) What's interesting about that is why? He didn't come in and say, hey, why are you guys crying? In a minute, you guys are going to be having the biggest party you've ever had. Matter of fact, you're going to party for a week, and it's going to take you three weeks to get over the party. And that's going to happen in a minute. So just dry your tears and watch this. He didn't. said that he was moved with compassion. And then he wept. The first beautiful thing is that we have a God that weeps. You don't have a God that says, hey, you know what? I'm Alpha and Omega. Why are you upset? You have a God that when at your deepest part of pain and hurt, that God moves in and weeps with you. And he says, see how he loved. Right? He didn't try to fix it. He didn't try to say, cheer up. He didn't try to say, hey, this isn't a problem. I'm going to raise him and you're all going to be happy. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Our God moves into a place of pain and hurt and weeps. Not cheer up. It's going to be okay. You shouldn't be crying. Why are you crying? He moves in and he weeps with them. We have to model that, right? We're not here to fix. We're not here to like give grandiose suggestions. And I'm not saying there's not a time for that. But can we be compassionate enough people that whether you're married to a person or not, whether your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, can we model what it means to move into somebody's pain and to weep with them. It's the essence of vulnerability. Jesus right there models a beauty of vulnerability because he didn't have to do that. He was like, hey, he could have come in and just say, oh, okay, you guys are crying, but let me fix this for you. He didn't do that. You have a God that created you with emotions and feelings. And he's doing the same thing. He's moving into 
there and experiencing their emotions and their feelings. You have a God that's safe because you have a God that's not going to tell you to straighten up and fly right. He's not going to tell you dry your eyes and get over it. He's going to move in and he's going to meet you at your point of need and he's going to weep with you. The next scripture is Matthew 23. 37. 37. So this is when Jesus is looking over Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who have killed the prophets and stoned those who, uh, those who sent you, how often have I longed to gather you together to gather your children together as a hen gathers chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Again, this a vulnerability, this idea of weeping, this idea of moving in, not trying to fix it, not trying to point fingers, but a God that moves in to, to feel the pain that you're feeling. To know the pain that you're feeling. Right? Because isn't that where intimacy is? Isn't that where the deepest intimacy is built? At the time of your worst area. How wonderful is it to have a friend that comes in, comes to you, and just does this. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm not trying to tell you, cheer up, get better. Sunny days are coming. Now, I know that. I know that that's going to happen, and I know that the grieving is not going to last forever. But that's not what she needs right now. What she needs is this. And when she's weeping, I'm weeping. Not beating down scripture. We're to live out scripture, not beat people over the head with it. Right? Okay, last one and and then we'll close. Yeah, this is gonna go this is gonna last longer than we thought. Last one is Matthew um, twenty sixth chapter. Verses thirty six to forty two. So Jesus knows he's about to be crucified. So he goes to the garden of Gethsemane. And it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here a while while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with the sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now the question for you, what would you do if you had a friend 
that says, my heart is so broken right now, I feel like I could lay down and die. What would you do? What would you do? Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? The vulnerability of Jesus right there is he didn't need the disciples to come fix it. He didn't need the disciples to say, Jesus, cheer up, because you know, after the cross, you're going to be raised to glory, and everything's going to be fine. He said, I just needed somebody to sit with me, not fix it, not give me a plan, not tell me, you're the Lord of the universe. Why are you feeling like that? He was like, couldn't you just sit with me? There are many people in your life that if they could express it, they would say, couldn't you just sit with me? You don't have to have a formula. You don't have to come up with some way to fix it. You don't have to have some clever saying. You don't have to come and make it better. Couldn't you just sit with me? So he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away from me, um, if it's possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And he came back and found them sleeping again. Vulnerability is a willingness to go to scary places not only for you but for the person you may be called to go and be vulnerable with because many times when somebody's hurting like that it brings up some stuff in you and it's like I have to enter into this pain with this person that's really painful for me, especially if the pain they're going through is pain that I've experienced myself. But you serve a God that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have the power to enter into that person's place, that person's world, and be the comfort that they need. Because you know what's going to happen when you comfort them. The God of all comfort will comfort you. Amen. It's not a coincidence that the Holy Spirit is called helper and comforter. If he can't comfort you in the moment that you need comforting, something's wrong. If he can't help you in the moment that you need help, something's wrong. Because that's who he is. It's the essence of who he is. <coughs> I want you guys to, uh, we're going to close real fast. I want you guys to put your hands over your heart.
for me, please. Close your eyes. Father, I thank you for this class, and I thank you for these people. I thank you for your spirit that you have put in every single person. And Father, we know that this place that we are, Father, um, is a difficult place, can be a difficult place. And Father, that, that we are still dealing with our own pain and our own suffering. And so, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for each and every person here. I pray for their heart. I pray for anywhere where words or deeds have cut like a knife. I pray for their healing right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you reveal yourself as the ultimate safe God. That God, there's nothing that they need to hide, nothing they need to run from, nothing that they need to not expose to you. Because you are a God that loves so much greater, so much deeper. Do a healing work in every heart here. We love you more than words can say. And we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.